Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Here's a, here's a, a, a scripture that he gave me this, this morning that I want to, to give to you. It's a powerful powerful scripture about restoration. It comes out of Deuteronomy 30, verse 3. It says, and I'm, I'm reading out of the MSG version. I, I love this version. It says, God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the pieces where you you were scattered. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there. Come on, is that powerful? That is powerful. A promise to restore. God's going to go back and pick up the pieces. So as I was saying earlier, it's just... Just enjoy his presence, being in his presence and worshiping him. And just dwell in his presence. Let God go pick up the pieces for you. Those broken pieces. Oh, maybe I'm just only talking to one or two people. If I can get just a little bit more people that's on my side, we can do some powerful, powerful things. So this is Jeremiah speaking. So God is... It's calling him to be a prophet of, of nations, not a prophet of the church, not a prophet in his neighborhood, not a prophet in his job, a prophet over nations. Wow. So I love Jeremiah's right honesty here. Jeremiah here is keeping it real. He was just like, so when he heard this, he, was, he felt really inadequate. Right? Because we think like people in the Bible, they have it all together, right? They answer the call right away. They were so different from us. No, they were just like us. So when he heard that, just like, oh, the Lord came to him and said that you're gonna be a prophet over nations, he was just like, uh Lord God. I can't speak. I'm only a youth. I'm only a you. It's like, oh my goodness, like a prophet over nations? Like, God, would you, you, will, you call me to be a prophet over nations? He just felt really inadequate. It's something about, it's, it's a flaw, I believe, in our human nature to really doubt God when he's calling us yes. to do what yes. seems impossible yes. for us. Yes. That's right. yep. and, why, and why is that? Because we fail to see God's call and his empowerment will always match. So whatever God calls you to do, right, he he always provides the empowerment to fulfill what he called you to do. It always match. He will never send you out alone. He says again, I will continue to say this, I will be with you wherever you 
go. That means he will empower you wherever you go, wherever he sends you. That's why it's very important that we understand what God calls us to do. We understand the calling of, of God on our lives. Because if not, we would try to conjure up some self-appointed calling. See, if God sends you, he will empower you. But if you send you, well, <laughs> that's how we hurt the, uh, the body of Christ, right? With some self-appointed call. I mean, listen, you will know, I know as pastors, come on, work with me, pastors here, right? You will, if you try to ordain yourself as a pastor, I will give you a week, maybe two. And you will figure out this thing is not for me. The people say to me sometimes, it's like, yeah, I think I'm called to be a pastor. You, do you actually know what you're asking for? I love it. But it hurts. But if God calls you, he will empower you to do the work. See, we must, see, we must understand that God wants your, your purpose fulfilled more than you. Because he, because he gave you the purpose before you were ever born. I don't let that one marinate for you right now, right? So I love, like, I love the process that, that Jeremiah talked about when God called him. I, I, I love this part. He said the, fir the first thing God did to Jeremiah, he, he put his hand over his mouth. I find that hilarious. <laughs> I remember as a child, right, in my household, like, my parents put a great emphasis on words, right? So whenever I said something negative about myself or someone else, my mom will go, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Don't, don't speak that thing in the atmosphere because whatever you speak, you become. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. So I believe the Lord is saying that to some people here today. Yeah. Whatever you're speaking right now, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Because I don't see you the way that you see yourself. See, what I, what I, what I see right now, you, you don't actually see. So I can't, I, can't, I can't allow your mouth to just be saying stuff or, with, you know, that's against what I'm trying to do. Watch your mouth. Say, we need to really guard our words, right? We just, we, we say things, right? With words, we understand that words have power. It's stick. It has that sticky power. Like it sticks to you. Remember, how many of you remember words that were spoken over them years ago, 20 words? That's why they have therapists. It's because of words and because of things that people say to people for years ago. They stick with you and they grow and they mature and you yeah. become those words. God's saying to somebody here today, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. So because what, what, what Jeremiah was saying was the total opposite of what God was calling him to do. 
Fish ain't white. He, so he, he said he put his hand over his mouth. Watch your mouth. Psalms 141.3 says, set a guard, <laughs> yeah. oh Lord, over my mouth. We, that, should, that need to be our prayer every day when we wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, Lord, set a guard over this thing right here. Because Lord knows what's going to come out of it. Guard my mouth, Lord God. And it says, keep watch over the door of my lips. Keep watch over the door of my lips. See, here's what we do when we feel inadequate. Right? We allow uh, mistakes to define us. We label ourselves. All these negative word come out, words come out, and we love to point out our weaknesses. We love to point out our weaknesses. But here's the thing. Said the, um, 2 Corinthians 12 says, my, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Right? So God would never call you based on your strength. It will always be based on your weaknesses. Come on. Remember the book of Samuel, right? When um, what, what the Lord told Samuel to go to Jesse, which is David's uh, father, right? Go to Jesse because I'm going to anoint one of your sons as kings. But here's the best part. Here's the best part. The Lord told Samuel, he says, do not look at the appearance. Because who I anoint is not going to look like a king. It's not going to look like a king. It won't be a human's first choice. Because when, when, when Samuel came and, and Jesse got his sons, all the sons were lined up and they were looking real strong and real love. They looked like this. I'm the first choice. I am, I'm, I am strong. I am a king. And David was not in the line. He was out serving. But Samuel was led by the Lord. It's like, no, you look like that's some self-appointed call right there. That's some self-appointed call. No, 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 this is not, this is not God. This got to be someone else. When David fought Goliath, he didn't look like a, a, a king. He didn't look like a giant killer. Come on, God would never call you based on your, off your strength. He will always call you based on your weaknesses. Based off your weaknesses. He said not to look at the appearance. See God, see, God didn't tell Jeremiah that he was gifted enough to do what he's call, calling him to do. He just told him that he was called. That's more powerful than anything. Because when God calls you, he will empower you to do it. You don't have to know how to do it. He will teach you how to do it, and he will empower you to do it. That means he will anoint you to, to do it. You don't have to be gifted. You don't have to be the most gifted one. David was never the most gifted one, but he was anointed to be king. That's some good stuff, if you ask me. I think that's awesome, right? Because we always focus on our strength. We want to focus so much on our strength, right, and hide our weaknesses. God said, no, those are the things that I want. Because then, because when you have breakthrough, when I use you based off your weakness, you know it's me. 
You, you, you know it's me. Like, you can't take credit. I don't know about you. I'd be the honest one here. I love to take credit for stuff. Like, when I, when I do something real good, I'd be like, yes. I'd be like, yes. And it reminds me, it's like, well, I didn't know how to do it from the first place, so I can't even take credit for it. It's all God. Everything that's going on in my life, it's all God. It's the Holy Spirit, me and the Holy Spirit working to, together. I'm just like, this is great. It's nice to have someone that will lead me to say things that I'm not accustomed of saying, to use me in areas that I've never thought I would be used. It's nice to, to, to live with the Holy Spirit in your life. That is awesome. So he said, so, so the first thing God did, he put his hand over his mouth. Amen. So what made David strong is he served out of weakness. So second thing the Lord did to Jeremiah, so he, first he put his hand over his mouth, and then, then he, he put words in his mouth. He put, God put his words in Jeremiah's mouth. That is so awesome. He says, I'm putting my words in your mouth. See, we don't like people putting words in our mouth because we feel like people misrepresent us, you know? It's like, you know, we, you, you say things like, that's not what I really said. Like, I don't know why you said that. That's not what I really said. You ever say something to someone and, and then they, they quote it to someone else? That's not, that's not what I really meant. You know, like I, I wasn't calling you fat. I just saying when you look in the mirror, it makes you look fat. It don't make, doesn't mean that you're fat. It's just the mirror. Something about that mirror. <laughs> just, you know. So, but sometimes we don't like. We see we don't like putting. Um, we don't like people putting uh, words in our mouth. So neither does God. Right. So God wants complete control. Right. So God doesn't want you to mess up what he's trying to say. So he will give you his word <laughs> to say those things. He wants complete to complete control. See, we are now carriers of God's word. We are his vessel. So he he told Jeremiah, I am going to put my words in your mouth to accomplish what I am trying to do. That is the most powerful thing. How many have a word from the Lord? You've been having that word for years. God said, I'm going to put my word in your mouth. Whatever the word that God puts in you, it will never come back to him void. So we ought to be word carriers. Everywhere we go, God was saying that if you are committed and you are faithful and you are a child of God and you are constantly in his presence, he will give you words to speak over people. Because God would, again, so God wants to restore his people back to himself. So he will give you words that will restore people. He will give you words that will set people free. We are word carriers. We are vessels from God. We are word carriers. And that means that we're supposed to, to heal certain things. Break certain things down, right, that, that's, that's, that's coming against God's plans. Amen. So we're supposed to make a difference everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, we should have a word from the Lord. He says, I'm putting my words in, in your mouth. I'm putting 
my words in your mouth. So the thing about uh, when God puts a word in your mouth, we must, the first thing we must do, we must receive it. We must speak it. We must live it. And we must delight in it. See, some of us have a receiving problem. So God's been trying to give us a word, but because we can't receive it, amen, so that that then he goes and give that word to someone else, and we think that we missed out on God's blessing, but we have a hard time receiving things from the Lord. But once you receive it, then you're supposed to speak it. You're supposed to live it, and we're supposed to delight in it. And this is the part that we have trouble in, in delighting in the word of God. So it's not just about trusting him and obeying him. It's to have affection for it. Right? I believe that is missing today. Right? In Psalms 48, Psalms 40, verse 8 says, I delight to know your will, oh my God. And your law is written in my heart. See, delighting in the word feeds a desire to do God's will. I love it. So Isaiah 51 says, I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with shadow, with the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens, lay a foundation on the earth and, and say to Zion, you are my people. So think about that. So God wants to plant, plant some things here, right? He wants to plant things from heaven. He wants to lay a foundation here on earth. He wants wants to say to his people, like, you are my people. So the words that come out of our mouth are words from God that plants, that lays a foundation, and that tells people that you are are my people. So the words that we share with people are supposed to restore them back to God. The enemy is not winning. God is. So if you are for God, you're serving God, you are a child of God, that means you are winning. You are in the winning season right now. I came here as a messenger from God. God put words in my mouth, and he is saying to someone here today that you are winning. It may not look like you're winning, but you are winning because I put words in your mouth. Those seeds are going to grow. But what I need you to do, I need you to speak the word that I gave you. First, I need you to receive it. I need you to speak it. And I need you to live it. That means you're supposed to walk in that word, even though that you don't see it. You need to walk in it. Be prophetic. Walk in the new season, even though you feel like you're still in the old. And I need you to delight in it. That means you need to worship me. You need to be happy about it. You need to be feeling this word. Amen. Because it's a word from me, delight in the word and knowing that you're going to another level. Receive it. He says, I'm planting some things. I'm using you to plant heavenly things in every environment that you're in. If you own a business today, God's saying, I'm planting heavenly things from your business. And it's going to prosper. It's going to prosper. I'm laying a foundation here on earth. I'm using you 
to do that in your workplace. Let's lay a foundation together, the Lord is saying. And then everyone that come, you come across, everyone that talked to you, they would know that I'm for them, that I love them because, because of who you are and how I'm using you and because of the words that you speak, right, and, and, and your behaviors, right? Your behaviors will reflect your freedom. The third thing, the third thing that happened, God, Jeremiah said, God said, when he gives him the word, he will watch over it to perform it. He says, I'm watching over my word. So the word that he put in you, he says, I'm watching over my word. Ready, some version says, ready to perform it. Ready to perform it. Ready to perform it. So here's the thing. God gave Jeremiah a, a prophetic picture of an almond tree. It says in, in verse 11 in, Je in Jeremiah 1, it says, And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. And, and then, the, uh, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. I am watching over my word, ready to perform it. You see, the almond is a sign of hope that God will eventually fulfill his wonderful promise to Israel or to us. So like the almond tree watching for, uh, watching for arrival of spring, God watches over your life awaiting for the season in which he promises to you will come to pass, will come to pass. See, sometimes... His promises come forth in our life, lives without delay. And other times, his word to us remains dormant for years. Sometimes we wonder if the promises will, will ever come to pass. He's saying that it will because I am watching over it. And it's interesting. Dr. Steve can explain this a little bit further. But in Hebrew, amen and watch sound the same. So God will see to it that every word he gave to Jeremiah or to us will blossom and come to pass. So God himself stands over his word and is ready to perform it. To ready to perform it. And this is some version says ready. So that means he's ready. He's ready. That means that we have to do something with the word. When God moves, we move. So he says, I'm standing over my word, making sure it comes to pass. Isn't that awesome? So the word that God's given you is about to come to pass. Whatever he spoke into your life is about to come, come to pass. So whatever that promise that he made in you is about to come to pass. He said, I'm, I'm watching over my word right now, and I'm waiting to perform it. I'm, ready, re I'm waiting to perform it. It's going to come to pass. So it might be delayed, right, but it's delayed for a reason. Amen? So God is ready to perform it. It's ready to, I want you to walk away this morning encouraged that the word that the Lord gave you, he's about to perform it. 
He's, the, he's the about to perform it. See, we don't have to perform the word. We just have to receive it. We have to receive it. And we have to live it. And we must delight in it. And then God will perform it. He's about to perform it. He's about to perform the word that he gave you. The promise that he gave you. He's about to perform it. He's about to perform the word that he gave you years ago. Here it comes. You're walking in a new season of your life. A new season of your life. So it's, 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 it's very important that God said, you cut off. You cut off anything that's related to the past. Anything, anyone that cannot go with you to this new season, it's important that you let it go. Because God said, I'm doing something different. I'm doing something different. Do you see it? Do you see the almond branch? He said, the word that I gave you, I'm about to perform it in your life, and it's going to be so different. It's going to be so powerful, and you're not even going to contain it because the word is going to multiply. It's going to keep coming. It's going to keep coming. The word is going to keep coming. And he's saying to you, he's saying to you right now, this is very important. Enjoy it. It's okay to enjoy it. It's okay to enjoy my blessings. It's okay to enjoy my blessings because I've been watching over that word for years. I've been watching. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And you can share it too. You can just more emotion. <laughs> so I'm watching over my word ready to perform it. So I don't know if the enemy has stolen something from you. God's saying that. Don't worry. I'm going back to get it. I'm going back to get it. So I promise to restore. So you must understand the processes of God as you wait for the fulfillment of what he has promised can help you stay on course of your destiny. So it's a promise to restore, a promise to restore. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about there are three stages um, to a, a restoration. But we're going to talk about the first stage today. You ready? We're almost done. So the first stage to restoration. So as we receive that word, Right? And as we, we must live it, we must, we must walk in it, we must delight in it. And then we have to address the source. We must address the source. So how do we address the source? So if you look at Jeremiah 1 and 10, uh, it, it says, verse 10, it says, See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down. In some versions, it says pull down. So I want us to use pull down. Okay, so we are to pluck up and to pull down. See, first, so it's saying that, we, so I'm saying we must address the source. So when you address the source, you pluck it up. Right? So we must address the source. So we pluck up to pull down. See, you cannot pull down a stronghold without first pulling out its roots. Come on. Right. 
you got to address the source. Like, where is this, where is this root coming from? Right? Because if we don't address the source, if we don't pull, pluck up something, we will keep repeating the same things. We will have momentary breakthroughs in our lives, right? But, uh, but we still have the same root. So that root continues to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. You just have more of them. Right? They didn't go away. You, just, you have more of them. So it's important that you address the source and pluck it up. See, we seek to restore one another. We must seek to address the spiritual cause of the sneer because only then we can set the person free. Right? right? Healing is restored by addressing the source, not the symptoms. So when people come in here, I understand, like, I don't want to dismiss their pain or, 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 you know, and I know that they're hurting and things like that. But if you do that every week, if you, if you see the same behavior in a person every single week, you know that there is a root cause of that. So instead of, you know, so yeah, I help you wipe away your tears and then let's talk about, let's talk about the source. Like why this thing keep happening to you. Why does this continue to happen? There's a root issue going on. So if we want God to restore us, right, we better be willing to pluck up some things. He said to Jeremiah, things in this, these nations are not right. So I'm calling you to restore them. And the first thing I want you to do is to pluck up some things and then to pull down. Pluck up and pull down. Right? So symptoms are indicators that something is out of whack, right? So like if you're experiencing the root of fear, right? Symptoms can, can be isolation, anxiety, or black or white thinking. That's real, this one is really dangerous, black and white thinking. This is when someone draws a line in the sand and say that this person must be bad because they did this. It's kind of that black or white. There's no grace. It's like no grace for people. It's like, if you do bad, that means you're bad. If you, if you do good, I don't expect you to do bad because just be good. There's no, this, there, there's no, no grace. There's no grace. If, if black and white um, be, um, thinking becomes a habit, it can hurt your physical and mental health. We can sabotage your career. It caused, it caused disruption in relationships. And you miss out. I was talking to my wife about it. She said you would miss out on the, the beauty of people with the black and white people. You just miss out on the beauty of people. The beauty of us, it's like God loves us the way we are. Our flaws. <laughs> you know, so all the mistakes that we make, God still loves us. He still calls us back to, our, to, to himself. Right, but we miss out on the beauty of people. If you expect your pastor to be perfect, I am sorry. I am so sorry to disappoint you. There's going to be one day you, I may walk by you and not say hi to you and be like, oh, how dare he not speak to me? God forbid if I'm in a zone. If I want to do what God's calling me to do, if I want to say what God puts in my mouth, God forbid, so one day I may walk past you and not say hi to you. Are you going to just write me off? 
I need to leave the church because no, I'm going to leave this church because nobody speaks. <laughs> one person don't speak to you, nobody speaks. We go to the church. Like nobody, like really, you walk through the door, no one spoke to you. Or just certain ones. Right? I am sorry. I hope I get to speak to everyone here today. Hi. Hi, I'm sorry, we're weird, visitors, sorry, we're weird. <laughs> But that is thing, you miss out on the beauty of people with the black and white thinking. See, by addressing the source, you would disarm its power over you. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, so once you identify the source, then you can use your weapons to pull down the stronghold. Right, in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, we know, familiar verse, verse 3, familiar text. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captive to the obedience of Christ. <laughs> so it says, for the weapons, for the weapons of our warfare, for the weapons, that means we have weapons. We have weapons that we can use to pull down strongholds. We have weapons, but they're not carnal. That means they're not, nothing to do with your gifts. Nothing to do with your gift. Nothing good to do with how talented you are, how nice you are as a person. You cannot pull down a stronghold with those things. It's not carnal things. It's got to be a spiritual approach to this. It's the weapons of our warfare that we all have the same weapons. We all have the same weapons. Weapon number one, the word of God. The word of God. Receive it, speak it, live it, and delight in it, and then God will perform it. Those are our weapons. Those are our weapons. Weapon number two is your testimony. Is your testimony. Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame, and they overcame, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their, their lives to death. This is a weapon that's so often neglected because the enemy can, if the enemy can get you to focus on the negative, on what, what, um, on what we don't have, on, on the bad things, oh my gosh, he wins. He wins. But the enemy can never take away your testimony. Because it was already done. It already happened. He can never take away your testimony. It's your testimony that has great power. It is the final word. So the enemy may come to you with lies and deception, but he cannot convince you that what God has done for you didn't really happen. It is your testimony. It is your testimony. It is your testimony. It's, it's, it's a part of your weapon. You can pull down strongholds with that. What does that mean? Well, well, if God freed you before, he can do it again. Yes, come on. 
I'm going to close. I, we have more, but we have the next two weeks. And then Pastor Leona is going to close us out in this series. Yeah. I, want to lead, I want to remind you of this scripture again, Deuteronomy 30, verse 3. God, your God, will restore everything you lost. To have compassion on you. So that means when pe other people don't have compassion on you, he'll have compassion on you. If you failed at something, if you did something wrong, he's, he's saying that I will restore everything to you and I will have compassion on you. Then he'll say, you know what? I'm, it, it's not over. I'm going to do more. He said, I'm going to come back and pick up the pieces from all the places you were scattered. He said, no matter how far away you end up, your God will get you out of there. A promise to restore. A promise to restore. That's a beautiful thing. So part of it is God want you to continue to move in the direction that he's calling you to move in, to fulfill the call that he's placed on your life, he would do the restoring. That is so awesome. A promise to restore. God's going to pick up the pieces. He's saying, I gave you a word and I'm ready to perform it. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.